Ever since you can remember, you felt something in your chest telling you to move, to love, to speak, to try. Day after day, you pretend you don't hear it calling, or maybe you dismiss it as silliness or worse. But it's there, ready for you, and it will wait for you as long as you need. My name is Johnny G, and I invite you to join me on a journey of awakening as we dare to embrace our light. This is Refractive. Hello, everybody. I hope you are having an amazing day today. Welcome to another episode of Refractive Podcast. Today's episode is all about learning to use your intuition. Over the past couple of years that I've been on this pretty intense spiritual journey, intuition has become such a central part of my growth. Learning to understand what my intuition is, what my intuition is not, and learning to find the faith and the courage to do what my intuition tells me to do has been a painful but extraordinarily rewarding um, part of my growth journey. And it has been what unlocks chapter after chapter of incredible life for me. Today, I live a life that is fairly fringe, I would say. I don't have a traditional job. I don't have a traditional living arrangement. I don't have traditional relationships per se. Um, And I have to say, I don't necessarily aspire to those things. While that status, that job, that relationship was such a driving factor for me for decades of my life. Today, I recognize that a lot of the striving, a lot of the painful wanting that I was experiencing was a result of feeling inadequate and needing to be soothed. And there's certainly nothing wrong with needing to be soothed. But what I can say is that the decades of dedicating my life to getting the soothing that I felt I needed, it had dire consequences for my well being. On the best side of the continuum, it created a life that was unsatisfying and unfulfilling, a life that looked really good, but a life that felt empty and frustrating and lonely uh, and confusing. Confusing because it seemed like I had everything I needed. It seemed like I had everything I could want, and yet things still felt lukewarm on a good day lukewarm on a good day. Never did I get that feeling of warm, nourishing satisfaction for more than a few minutes at a time. So learning to tap into my intuition to understand what's wrong, what am I missing? What perspective am I not 
grasping right now? Why am I dedicating myself to efforts that are not yielding results? What do I even want? What matters to me? Do I even know what truly matters? You know, digging into all of these aspects of my being took a willingness to listen to intuition, to discern what might be my ego chattering away and what might be true inner loving guidance from my highest place. And then finding the faith, finding the courage, once I had discerned what parts of this messaging I received were wholesome and loving, and what parts of the messaging I received were coming from my fear-based ego, uh, having the faith and the courage to actually do those things, even when they didn't look like what the world told me would be a successful life, even when the idea of doing them was terrifying and felt crazy, felt delusional by societal standards. It was eventually arriving at that place of faith and courage to do things that seemed unconventional and again, fringe even, that allowed me to find freedom. Freedom from the cage of ego that I lived in and that I still live in. Let's be clear, I am not free of ego. It, uh, but the door's open now and I can walk in and out of that cage as often as I am willing to. And over time, it gets better and better and better. Today, I am not bogged down by fears of money. Today, I am not bogged down by fears of an unstable future. And the irony is that I have almost nothing. I gave away almost everything I owned. I cashed out every financial tool I had. Um, and yet, week after week, month after month, clients find me, money finds me, love finds me, shelter that is far beyond what I could have afforded even in my top earning uh, period that finds me, um, vehicles find me, travel finds me, relationships find me. And all of that is because I'm willing to say, I don't know what this is. I don't have access to see tomorrow, but at this moment, it feels right to do X, Y, Z. And I do it and things flow. And it is this life of flow that feels peaceful and serene. So let's talk about the actual logistics of accessing and developing an ability and a willingness to look at your intuition and uh, apply some discernment and do what it says. First of all, intuition is our natural state. Babies know which people they like to be around and which people they don't like to be around. Babies that have almost no life experience, almost no education, 
from social interactions and things, they still know I don't want to be held by this person. I don't like what I'm feeling from this situation. They are unencumbered by societal pressures that say, wait, 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 control your emotions, control your reactions, and do it anyway, even if it doesn't feel good, right? So babies don't have that that prison yet. They have not yet been encouraged to disregard their intuitive guidance. Also, babies live in the ever-present now. Babies do not live in fear for the future. They do not live in regret for the past. And intuition is loud and clear in the ever-present now. In fact, I can't think of a situation where I would be able to access my intuition in the past or in the future when putting my mind in the past or putting my mind in the future. The only time I can access my intuition is when I feel into what's happening in this moment. I allow all of my nerves to tell me what they're feeling physically. I feel into what is happening with the energy in my body. And I ask myself what's going on right now. That's where my intuition lives. Now, over time, as we go from babies to toddlers to children, we are taught for very practical reasons, right? Like I am not saying that society is garbage and that uh, all societal lessons are, um, you know, are invalid. That's not at all what I'm saying. We are taught for very practical reasons that uh, no, it's not good to use the bathroom right now. We need to wait a little bit. No, we don't have access to food right now. So just like, you know, dampen down your, uh, you know, your hunger signals for a few minutes because we're not going to eat yet. No, you know, this person, I don't really like this person's energy, but it's my teacher, it's my neighbor, it's my dad, it's my mom, it's my brother, and I kind of have to be around this person, so I just need to learn to deal with the fact that I'm around someone I don't like being with, right? So we learn how to say, yes, I don't like what's happening, but I am going to do it anyway. I am going to go through it anyway for practical logistical reasons of living in a society. And so the counterpoint to that is that when we are taught to not choose to follow what our intuition tells us to do, and instead choose to follow what our mental logic tells us to do, the intuition becomes more and more difficult to hear. It fades into the background. And it's no longer what we're paying attention to. When we're a baby in our crib, living only in the now, there is nothing but intuition. But when we get to kindergarten and we have authority figures and structures to fit into, the intuition becomes quiet. And we are not able to grasp at that young age. Well, maybe that's not true. Maybe we are able to grasp and we just don't 
make that a priority. I don't have anything to say on that, but we do not apply a system of balance between honoring our intuitive guidance and honoring the societal needs and systems that are around us. What we do is we push the intuition away and we say yes to the societal structures and eventually we forget to hear what the intuition is telling us. Now, the intuition never stops. You know, the intuitive nudges and guidance that we get never go away. They never stop. We just begin to let them fade into the background to a point where we don't notice them. They become white noise. Now, sometimes a situation in life is so serious that our intuition leaps to the foreground and we know, you know, don't walk down this alley right now. Don't say what it is you want to say to this person right now. It's going to cause trouble. Don't do X, Y, Z that you are planning to do because it's going to be harmful. So sometimes that intuition is able to leap with force into the foreground, but for the most part, it becomes white noise behind us and we no longer listen to or try to discern what's happening with our intuitive guidance. The way I like to think about it, it's like when we first get a car with satellite radio in it. In that car, AM radio and FM radio still work. They still offer the same exact quality that they offered yesterday, the same quality of entertainment, the same quality of content, the content that we were grateful to have before. We used it. Uh, there was no way that we were getting in the car without putting on our favorite radio station, and it was a natural part of the driving experience. Now, once we got satellite radio, months and months and months and months go by and we have not listened to AM or FM radio. And over time, we aren't sure what the good channels are anymore. We aren't sure who the DJs are or who the talk radio personalities are anymore. We find it awkward and inefficient to even consider going into AM or FM radio. We find it annoying. We find it old fashioned. We find it impractical because with satellite radio, everything seems to be so much simpler. And so we forget how to really appreciate and enjoy the AM FM radio that was such an important part of our life before. And so this is how it is with our intuition. We're born listening to this AM FM radio understanding where all the amazing stations are, knowing who our favorite DJs and announcers and talk radio personalities are, you know, fluent and able to adjust that dial left and right to get to where we need to go. Uh, but then we move to the more sleek, sexy version of satellite radio, and we forget how to really use AM FM. Now, the day that we choose not to pay for the subscription to satellite radio, AM FM is still there. It still works. We know how to use it. We just need to get used to it again. We need to explore, tune in, and uh, pay attention to what's happening. And then all of a sudden, we can go back and realize that while satellite radio is amazing, 
AM and FM radio are amazing too, and they still work just as sharply as they always have before. That's how I like to think about it. So there are a couple of steps that I recommend based on my own journey, learning to tune into my intuition. Uh, so there are a couple of steps I recommend to you if you feel you may have backed away from honoring your intuition and you may have forgotten somewhat how to hear and interpret what's happening in your intuitive guidance. So let's kick off with that. The first step is to ask for help. Ask for help from God, your higher self, your spirit guides, your ancestors. It doesn't matter. But send your intention out to the wider universe and say, I would love to get back in touch with my intuition. And I would love any guidance from my highest loving self, any guidance from the God of my understanding, any guidance from my spirit guides, my ancestors, whatever your belief system is, it doesn't matter. Even if you are an atheist, ask for, ask the universe, ask the universe. You see that animals and babies follow their intuition effortlessly. Well, you are an animal and you were a baby. You are able to access that intuition. So just ask nature, ask earth, ask the universe for help. What does that even look like? It doesn't matter. Just say it, just say it and believe it. But you have to know, you have to know and have faith that you will get that help. You will get that guidance whether that guidance is coming from you, your inner knowing, whether that guidance is coming from your concept of God, it doesn't matter. Whatever feels right to you is perfect. The next step about this is understanding what faith is. Because you are sending out, you are sending out energy to the people around you. Why do babies not like certain people? Because we are all radiating out energy. And that energy feels different ways to different people. And so you are radiating out energy, whether you know it, whether you want to or not, it doesn't matter, right? So by saying, I am choosing to radiate out a certain type of energy, I am choosing to radiate out an energy that is in flow with the universe, because that's what intuition is about. I am choosing to radiate out a frequency of energy that is in flow, rather than a frequency of energy that is a block, that is unmovable, that is stubborn. When you do that, the universe responds to you. The universe responds with love and compassion. And again, there is no space for argument here along religious or belief guidelines. It does not matter. It works just as well for atheists as it does for orthodox religious people. You get to decide your conception of how you relate to the universe and it works no matter what. Faith does not mean you are comfortable with your beliefs. So let's talk about that for a second. 
Faith doesn't mean you believe 100% all the time. If that were the case, it wouldn't take faith. Faith is feeling the discomfort of your lack of knowing, yet having enough reassurance to walk forward anyway. So for me in my path, when my intuition told me to move into a semi-nomadic lifestyle for this period of my life, that is extraordinarily uncomfortable for me. That is extraordinarily uncomfortable for me. It does, I recognize how it might look to the people around me who love me. I recognize the potential complications of a lifestyle like this. I recognize the financial limitations that I step into in a lifestyle like this. Um, but my faith says, even though I'm uncomfortable with it, even though I can't lay out on a flip chart for you exactly why it's the right thing for me to do, it feels like what I'm being pulled towards. And that is enough encouragement for me to do it, even if it feels uncomfortable. Okay. So when I say that tapping into your intuition requires faith, it doesn't mean you can't be skeptical, right? Faith is not the absence of skepticism. Faith is the willingness to come down on the side of your intuition, despite your skepticism. Now, this episode is not about growing faith, so I won't spend much more time on that. But if you are curious on how to grow faith, the simple, easy, no-nonsense way to grow faith is to act as if you had faith. Act as if you had faith. And then after it's all said and done, look back and did your faith serve you or was it misplaced? And as you come to see that your faith, you're acting as if you had faith served you and brought you to wonderful places, you will become more and more confident in taking the leaps that your intuition and your inner guidance asks you to take. Now, the next important part of learning to tap into your intuition is building the muscle of stillness. When I say building the muscle of stillness, I'm not just talking about meditation. Now, let me tell you, meditation is the number one thing you can do to increase your spiritual strength. It is the number one thing you can do to grow. And it is the number one thing you can do to develop a closer relationship to your intuition. So uh, now there's lots of resources on meditation. I'm not going to go into that. Uh, but what I want to talk about today is that if you find sitting in silence to be prohibitively complicated or difficult for you, I'm not even going to go there. Let's not focus on that. You can work on that over time. Here are other ways for you to build the muscle of stillness. Eckhart Tolle, who, if you aren't familiar with Eckhart Tolle, um, 
I certainly recommend that you take a look at some of Eckhart Tolle's books, like The Power of Now. He recommends an exercise of, as you sit still, simply feel, feel your fingers from the inside and feel that slight, slight, slight sense of tingling in your fingers. You may need to close your eyes to block out other sensory input. And it, you may need to breathe quietly and it may take a minute or two or three for you to get there. But if you sit there and you truly apply your effort to feel the tingling in your fingers, you will eventually feel it. So what is that tingling? Who cares? I don't have an opinion on that. Is it the blood flowing through your veins and capillaries? And I, maybe. Is it energy coursing back and forth? Well, I mean, technically blood flowing is energy. So yeah, I guess it is. Um, what it is doesn't matter, but it is a very powerful exercise to get into the stillness. Because in order for you to feel I'm doing it right now, so that's why my eyes are closed. But if you, uh, in order for you to feel the tingling in your fingers, you need to be still. You need to not be paying attention to other things happening around you and simply place your energy and your intention into feeling what's happening inside your hand. Now, once you're able to do it, rather simply in one hand, try to do it in multiple parts of your body. Start with your other hand and feel for the energy tingling in both hands. Then maybe try your shoulders or try other parts of your body. And over time, you'll be able to get to a point where eyes open or eyes closed, you can feel the tingling in your entire body from the top of your scalp to your toenails. You can feel the tingling everywhere at once in your body. It is a very, very nice way to get into the stillness if you find simply sitting in silence to be difficult because you're applying your effort and your energy to experience something and it has a similar effect as silent meditation. So that's one recommendation I have. Um, it got to the point where I did it so often that I, while having a conversation, could simply focus on my knee and feel it tingle or focus on my toe and feel it tingle or focus on my lower back or the top of my scalp and feel it tingle. And, uh, and that became identifying that tingle in targeted places became an important part of my visualization meditations. And it really enhanced a lot of my silent meditations for moving energy throughout my body. Another way to move into the stillness is as you're sitting here, find places you are clenching. Find places where your muscles are tight. So obviously there are big muscles like your shoulders and neck where it's pretty easy to tell if you are carrying some tension there. But there are some hidden places where clenching often happens. For example, the top of your scalp. Now, <laughs> it, 
it's so funny because it's hard to believe that I'm clenching the top of my scalp all the time. But if I ask myself, is there a way to relax my scalp now more than it is? Wow. Like inevitably you can feel, I can feel the whole skin of my scalp relax when I choose to do it. My forehead, my cheeks, my jaw, my lips. If you just, just ask yourself, am I carrying any tension in my lips? Can I let, can I let them melt like butter or like clay? Can I just let my lips just, just let go of them and let them hang there? You can feel how much you've been controlling these facial muscles. So going spot by spot through your head and releasing the tension of muscle group after muscle group is a great way to get into the stillness. Also the pelvic region. So your sex muscles and your anus and your perineum and all of these, there's, I personally have a lot of tension that I carry from my abdominal muscles down. And so when I am able to ask myself, am I clenching anything in my pelvic region? I, I can just stop it. I can like release the muscles. And I'm in the stillness for a few seconds. So even though this is only for a few seconds at a time, these, this is building the muscle of going into the quietness inside of you. And if you go body part by body part, and look for clenching and tension in all the parts of your body, by the time you finish that, you've been meditating for like five or 10 minutes just by going from region to region of your body, proactively releasing muscle tension. So this is a really amazing way of developing the muscle of going into the stillness. Another way of developing this is through journaling. Now, journaling is extremely powerful for me. When I journal, I, oftentimes I sweat because there's a lot happening. I'm really accessing powerful emotions inside of me when I'm choosing to journal. So for me, it's so powerful. I don't like doing it because it's an intense experience. Uh, and that's why I don't do it as often as I could. But journaling has an amazing ability to get inside your stillness. So there's a couple of ways that I like to recommend people to use journaling as a form of stillness. Write a question that you would like insight towards and answer your question. So the question might be, why do I feel so uncomfortable with this coworker around me? And you just write, you just write. If you don't know what to write, keep repeating the last sentence. Just write the last sentence over and over and over as many times as it takes for you to have something else to write. And you just keep writing. Set a timer, 10 minutes is great, right? Set a timer and just write out free form exactly what your inner wisdom feels and thinks about that. This is you getting in touch with your uh, stillness inside, with your higher self, with your most loving center of wisdom. Now, once you're able to go into the stillness, and feel for intuition, 
It works the same way as journaling. You simply go into the stillness and you ask what feels right about this question. Should I move? Is it time for me to move on in this relationship? Am I in the right type of work? Is it fair how I reacted in that uh, conversation with so-and-so? You know, you just go into the stillness. Maybe you have felt for the tingling in your body, or maybe you felt for tense muscles and you've released them. And you just say, what should I do about that? And you just sit there. Now, the trick is to actually listen for what pops up. I personally don't hear verbal words. I don't hear like words being spoken inside my head. I just get ideas. I get concepts that rise up. And so maybe you have a notepad where you can jot them down or maybe you just remember them. But once you have these concepts, you're not done. Because we as human beings with ego, with self-will, in this situation, we have the ability to distort our intuition. We have stepped on top of our intuition for so long that it becomes extremely difficult to know, is this my highest sense of loving wisdom that is guiding me or is this my ego? So the next step, and maybe the most important part of accessing your intuition is learning to discern, applying discernment. So discernment is defined as the ability to perceive, to recognize, or to judge well. To perceive, to recognize, or to judge well. There's a friend of mine who, uh, he's one of my spiritual partners, um, and I'll talk about spiritual partners in just a moment, but uh, one of my spiritual partners spends several hours of meditation a day. Now, that is not at all what I'm encouraging you guys to do. That's just his path for him. But uh, through this meditation, he has arrived at a belief system for himself that in this life, the great lesson of this life on earth is learning to discern. You know, a lot of us are quick to say that, oh, well, the great lesson of life on earth is love, is unconditional love. And what he said was that through his inner seeking, through his intuition, through his um, um, journey of looking for inner wisdom and guidance, that the message he received was that, no, the true journey of earth is learning to discern. It is not learning to love unconditionally because all there is is unconditional love. The challenge is discerning to choose the path of love despite the influence of ego and fear. So anyway, so discernment is a really important part of the intuition process. And so here's the three steps that I recommend for discerning if some sort of idea, concept, message, guidance you've received in the stillness is your true intuition or if it is ego. Number one, 
Does it feel right? Right? Does it feel right? Feel right does not mean feel good. Does it feel right? Does it feel correct? Does it feel like it is, uh, it, it's, it's, it's good for me, right? Like it, it's correct for me. Number two, will this cause harm? Because your most loving source of intuitive wisdom would never, would never guide you to hurt yourself or others. There is a difference between setting a boundary and hurting. Telling someone I can't be with you is not harming that person. Quitting a job where everyone is short-staffed is not harming a person, right? There's a big difference. Harm involves selfishness and malice. It involves me seeing myself as superior and therefore it is okay for me to step on you. Needing to establish a boundary for my own intuitive guidance, for my own wellness is not an attack on another person. And that is not causing harm, even if they are upset by it, right? So does it truly cause harm? Is this an instance of me hurting another person for my benefit? Or is this an instance of me hurting myself for some secret ego weirdness? The third step, right? So does it feel right? Does it calm? Does it cause harm? Does it strengthen my ego? I had a situation where um, I very, very much wanted a luxury winter coat. I spent the uh, I spent the winter in Maine last year, and I have a winter coat. My sister gave it to me. It's really lovely, and it's very warm, and it's what I used. But I definitely wanted to have one of these one thousand dollar super luxury winter coats, and I was telling myself that there is nothing egoically wrong with reveling in beauty and reveling in sensory experiences, in appreciating the texture of a, of a fabric or a textile, in slipping on a coat and being just delighted by the joy of the sensory experience. And that's true. That is true. Uh, and so because I was using that angle of the situation. I really focused on getting this luxury coat. Um, and I tried to discern, I really did try to discern whether this was my ego talking, me wanting to feel special, me wanting to have some sort of status, me wanting to feel important as I wore it, me wanting to feel comforted by the implication of having a thousand dollar coat. Um, but what I forgot to ask is, is this going to boost my ego? And the fact was that coat would have boosted my ego. And so at the end of the day, um, even though there is nothing wrong with having luxuriant physical experiences, for me, my motive was distorted. It was distorted. And it took a lot of discernment for me to get to the root of that. So once again, the three steps of discernment, does it feel right to you? 
Does it need to feel right to someone else? Does it feel right to you? Does it cause harm to you or to another? And does it, is it boosting your ego? If those three answers can be satisfactorily uh, decided, then your intuitive guidance is safe. And even if it's scary, jump, jump. Now, when I get intuitive guidance, I always like to look for synchronicities that are encouraging. So if you're not familiar with what a synchronicity is, look it up. I won't go into uh, the definitions and things like that here today, just for the sake of time. But I look for little signs as I move throughout the world. Maybe I pass a store with a word in the name of the store that is exactly a word from what my intuitive guidance told me to do. Maybe someone is talking to me on a Zoom meeting and they use that exact phrase. Maybe another friend calls me up and says, I don't know what to do about this situation. And by the end of the conversation, they arrive at the same solution as what my intuition was telling me to do about something else. So I look for these overlaps, these what some people might call coincidences, I call them synchronicities, signs from the universe, signs from my concept of a higher power or some sort of guidance that say, yes, yes, feel comforted and take the leap. Another way is to ask for a spiritual partner's perspective. I told you earlier that I would talk about spiritual partners. And for me, uh, a spiritual partner is someone in my life whose spiritual journey I respect and trust. Respect is not the right word. I respect the spiritual journeys of everyone. I respect the spiritual journeys of, uh, of people who are causing a great deal of pain in other people's lives today. Um, but um, a spiritual partner is someone whose spiritual path feels more or less parallel to my own and whose judgment and discernment I trust. And so, uh, you know, that may or may not be someone in your family. Uh, for me, most of my spiritual partners are recent additions to my life. There's people, there are people whose spiritual paths I have found to be comforting and inspiring, and I believe I understand how they make decisions, and therefore, I trust their guidance on this. And so uh, it's always a good idea to build up a little roster of spiritual partners. I call them, I tell them, you are now someone I consider to be a spiritual partner. And if you see me behaving in a way that is not in line with my highest good, I hope you will tell me because I expect my spiritual partners to help me grow spiritually, you know? And so using their advice is an important part of that relationship. So once you've done all of this, and I'll run through it one more time, you are um, asking for guidance from your concept of God, your, your highest self, your team of guidance, uh, the universe, nature, mother earth, whatever it is. Um, you're asking for help with your intuition and you expect to get it. Number two, build the muscle of stillness. Meditation is amazing, but there are other ways to journaling, feeling for the tingle in your body, you know, feel for clenching of muscles and tension 
and release it area by area. Um, uh, you know, asking yourself the answers. Once you get into the stillness, simply say, what should I do about this? What should I do about this? Be aware that your, your mind, your monkey brain is going to answer you right away. Oh, well, you should go do this. And maybe that is valid, but keep listening. What else? What else? What else? Listen for that intuitive guidance to come. And once you have collected all the guidance, all the different options that have popped into your mind, it's time to discern. Discernment means, does it feel right? Does it cause harm? And is it boosting my ego? Once you have made a decision, keep a lookout for synchronicities. They truly make me feel loved and cared for by the universe, by my higher power when I, when I see them. Sometimes I'll see my initials on a license plate. Sometimes I'll see, uh, you know, I'll pass a book in a bookstore and the title of the book uh, relates exactly to what I was thinking about, you know, and these are just little things. I'm not saying that this is my God telling me to do something. I'm just saying that they are little gentle nudges of love that make me feel like I'm not alone out there. Um, you know, also uh, never hesitate to ask a spiritual partner for their insights. You don't need to follow it. Um, but if you trust this person's path, then they likely have some good things to share with you. When all of that is done, jump, take the leap, take the leap, experience the joy, the exhilaration, and the adventure of living by your intuition. It is the key to richness. It is the key to not being bogged down by the tragedy of the world. It is the key to being free, despite everyone else being in a fearful panic. Living by intuition frees you from those conditions. It is, it might be the biggest gift that I have received so far on my journey. And I wanted to share it with you. So thank you everyone so much for joining me today. My name is Johnny G with Refractive Podcast. I am a spiritual coach and a career coach based out of Washington, DC. I'm a public speaker and a facilitator. And I help people get unstuck drop their outdated limiting beliefs and move into an authentically empowered life that feels red hot. If I can be of service to you, or if you just have questions, please reach out to me. You can email me at johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y at refractivecoaching.com. As you go out today and experience the world, as you find people around you who are having different levels of joy, some high and some low, remember, we are all suffering out there. We are all damaged individuals trying to do our very best. So be good to each other and aim your light. Take care. <laughs>